Hello and welcome back to episode 15 of the Rugby Paper podcast. This week, I'm rejoined by assistant editor Ben Jacob and digital editor Ben Redwood. And our special guest is someone I would describe as one of the more eclectic props in the Gallagher Premiership, namely Bristol loosehead Jake Walmore. With the two Bens all together for once, Ben Jacob, Ben Redwood, how are you doing? All good, thanks. All good. All good, thanks, Ollie. Nice to be back. Yeah, nice to have you back. And Jake Walmore, how are you? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. Very, very well. Good to great. be on with you, lads. Yeah, great. Thanks for coming on. You're obviously very used to the podcast setting yourself. It's What's it called? Bear? Bear, bear all. Bear all, that's it. That's yeah, it. cheeky. Like a bit of a play on words, as you see, you know, being the bears and all that. Yeah, I, I, I understood it, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's that? Is it, are you doing weekly episodes then, or is it kind of just a bit on-off? Uh, a little bit on-off. I think we we trying to uh, we try and get it sort of once a month as much as we can but we haven't done one for a little while because my partner crime the other jake ended up getting sent on loan so i felt a bit bad sort of going uh sort of doing it without him what uh, would be the so, approach there you, you do it solo as host or you find another host to do it with I'll you probably have to try and get a little guest host in yeah um and then we started and then we had dave atwood try and put his hand up for it and i don't know if i could tolerate his chat for too much so <laughs> we held fire but hopefully hopefully get something going again soon yeah, I have heard a few things about Dave Atwood's chat, to be fair. I remember watching a video where he said he liked hip-hop uh, when he was in uh, England Rugby, and he calls hip-hop hippity-hop or something like that. I'm guessing that pretty much, in a nutshell, sums up how he is. Yeah, yeah, you don't um, yeah, you don't need me to expand on that, really. I think you've got the full, the full, the full deal there. Case in point. All right, great. Um, and obviously, on a personal level, you reach, and you might be fed up of talking about it, or you may just be able to talk about it forever. 100 caps for Bristol. This year, it was back in February ish, late February. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, congratulations. I'm guessing 10 years ago, if someone had told you that, you would have bitten their arm off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a bit surreal actually because um, I ended up being the first bear in well, the yeah, the first official bear in the bears era to sort of tip that um, 100 bears caps. And um, yeah, it was a little bit weird when I, when I remember what four years ago, four or five years ago that um. When you, even if you think that you're going to be one of them to take that off out of, out of all the players in the room at that point, you didn't, didn't really expect it to be me. But um, yeah, so yeah, as you said, if thought, yeah, if, even five years ago, someone mentioned that I would have snapped their hand off. So we had a home game against Wasps, lucky, well, not lucky enough. We earned the win that day, and we haven't um, had too many of them this season. So that was quite a, it was quite a highlight. Forgive me, I was uh, doing up some reading up on the number of caps you have exactly. The internet is not up to date, but there was a big zero next to the points scored for Bristol. Is that still zero or have you scored a try now? Yeah, it's just, unfortunately, I'm still on the donut, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, not even just here. I don't even think I scored at my previous... I didn't score at Jersey either. So I think it's been about six or seven years since I last scored a try. Oh, excellent. Well, you kind of want well, to I'll do that. To, you know, I'll to, I'm doing the dog work for the other lads to score. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm not absolutely, here for the yeah. Well, I was going to say, just get Harry Thacker out of the way at the back of a mall. That's it. That, that's your easy way in. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. But I can't... If I'm at the back and he's at the front, I can't guarantee he's going to push it over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you, you do all the unseen work. Yeah, well, that's what I claim anyway. Yeah, that's very magnanimous of you. Obviously, on a broader Bristol level, not quite been the season you guys wanted. Currently 10th in the table. You can't get any higher than that. Compared to the last season or two where you've been, you know, top four, what's been missing this year or what's the general feeling in camp? Um, well, as you say, general feeling, like something that we uh, spoke about this week, really. Um, as, as you said, we can't really get any any further up than 10th 
So we had a little, you know, we've had a, not a review, but we had a, a quite an honest discussion about it. Um, and we, we actually highlighted some points where if we'd had um, a couple of the close games that we've missed out on and stuff, that if we'd actually picked up a lot more points, we could, you know, in those sort of, that handful of games, we could potentially be pushing much higher up the table. And we sort of said, what was the difference? And I think it was just, it's just a few like small things, small details. You know what I mean? Again, me personally, I think, you know, in this game, you get a lot of stuff. You get, you need the rub of the green sometimes. Um, and I think, you know, last season, I think we had a lot of, a lot of that things go our way, similar situations to this season, but last season probably would have gone our way and this season didn't. So I think we, you know, just paying that debt a little bit, you know what I mean? And then I think just a little, but knock on, I think when you actually look at the league as a whole, like a lot of these teams that were probably saying our situation last year, season before, if you look at your Gloucesters, your Leicesters and that, how they're now at the other end. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just sport. Do you know what I mean? You can't, we we hit a pretty um, hard trajectory of going upwards over the last four years. And I think we probably just hit a little plateau there. And hopefully, you know, it gives us a little sort of like spring to like core and, and sort of rebound again for next season. Hi, Jake. How's it been kind of, you're obviously like the, one of the first signings of the Bears era, kind of how's the journey been with the Bears? Obviously, it's almost, it's been a bit zigzag in terms of you obviously got to agonising defeat last year and then this year obviously down to 10th. Kind of, how's that journey been? How have you seen the club progress? Well, again, being, being one, of the, one of the sort of the first guys on board, especially um, I was part of that sort of like a lot of guys that got sort of sniped from the championship and we had that, a lot of guys come in and we sort of, we sort of grew with the club. Do you know what I mean? We, it was our sort of, we reinstated as the Bears back in the Premiership and a lot of us got that opportunity to prove ourselves as Premiership players. So it's been, it's been a really good journey being able to, you know, Every, every journey is never from A to B. Do you know what I mean? We have that zigzag. We're always going to have our ups and downs. And um, and I think being able to grow with the team and the club itself has been fantastic. Do you know what I mean? You get to your point, all of a sudden, like, again, these seasons come thick and fast. You know, once you're in a season, week by week, it's bang, bang, bang. You forget, actually, like, how far you've come. And that's, so, like, even just, like, hitting that 100 caps, like, all of a sudden, you're, like, you sort of sit back, you have a little bit of reflection. We do a nice thing where, like, we... um we get like videos and stuff of like family, friends, old teammates, things like that, that gets, that gets shown. And you sort of sit back and you think actually like what you've achieved. And I think in a season like this season we're in now, you get caught up. It's easy to, again, you constantly get asked, oh, what's happening with the Bears and that. But you actually look at even, I know we finished 10th, but five years ago, like we're in the championship. Like, you know what I mean? Like now we're finishing 10th in the premiership. And that's a, ter- like uh, realistically, that's a terrible season for us. Do you know what I mean? So to actually put ourselves in a position where we're comparing being 10th in the Premiership as, as a pretty bad season for us, I think means you're realistically, we're, we're not in a bad spot. Obviously, this season's been a bit of a blip. We've been a bit unlucky with injury. We've, you know, we've not, and we've just not hit the ground running. But I think to be able to park that now and then move into, as you get a nice break of the off season, especially over the COVID period and all that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think people forget we played a lot of rugby in a small amount of time, didn't really get an off season, straight back into another season. And I think, you know, I think we're just paying the price of having that sort of knock-on effect from that. Do you know what I mean? We've had a slight emotional roller coaster, as you said, being elated, getting to semi-finals and having that game against Queens. You know, things like that all just builds up. And I think now, I think we just... We're just ready to sort of reset and go again. Do you know what I mean? I don't think, you know, no one in no one in here is like panic stations. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, we're gutted that we've not done what we want to do. But do you know what I mean? We've always got next season and we've got we've got a good good base to actually 
the good thing about when you are losing games, you really look at things and, and stuff that maybe swept under the you win in a lot gets gets acknowledged and you know so we can get some good fixes moving forward. Speaking of next season, uh, there are a couple of rumours surrounding Charles Piertau and Semi Radradra. The rugby paper has actually published on this and whether they're actually going to be here next season. Are you in a position where you can shoot those rumours down and say they're going to still be around? Sure. If I knew, I probably wouldn't tell you, but <laughs> you don't I don't know. have a clue, lads. That's way, <laughs> beyond, that's, way, that's, that's way beyond my pay packet. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to scrummage and push it more, lads. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, you seem to be a bit everywhere. I thought maybe you'd be involved in transfer sagas as well. Uh, no, maybe. Maybe one day. You never know. But not at this moment in time. I have nothing to do with that. Okay. If you so could sign... Unfortunately, I can't, give you, I can't give you an inside scoop. That's fine. No inside scoop then. Just an opinion. If you could sign one player for Bristol Bears for next season, who would it be? Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. Who do we need? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. And lads, I'm not... To be honest with you, I'm not I'm not a diehard rugby union watcher. Do you know what I mean? So I, I wish I could I wish I could list a little gem that I pick. Yeah, I, I I listened to an interview of yours where you confessed that you didn't know who Rob Baxter was when you joined Exeter Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I remember I got told, "Oh, Rob Baxter enjoyed what he did on the weekend." This was when I was playing back at Taunton, and I was like, "Who's that?" <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, Chiefs <laughs> coach," and I was like. Excellent. Okay, well, that's, that's that's good then. And he didn't get insulted by that, and he signed you anyway. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know if he. I don't know if he heard the rumor. Luckily, I've only let that slip now. Do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, love your work. Love your work. Yeah, I can't tell you he's a regular listener. To be fair, so you might be all right if you ever want to go back to Chiefs. <laughs> you know who he is now. To be fair, um, I know who he is now. <laughs> great. I've got one more picking your brains. Then um, I, we ask any English player. We ask sort of the English unit they would pick for the national team and might not be your favorite question if you're not an avid rugby union watcher but as a front rower we've had many debates on this podcast about all the units in the England team but what would your England starting front row be oh that's a good one um well I think I think you have to go Ellis Genge at the minute obviously knowing that we've signed him and that's what I have to compete with next year obviously that's that's a tough one but yeah obviously I'd go Ellis Genge um, because he's on fire at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. Um, obviously, he's like growing as a leader as well. I think he's just he's just the full package there at the minute. I've always I've always liked Luke Cowan Dickey. In all fairness, um, I think he um, I just think he's got a tenacity about him that gives you like a real a real edge. And I can't not pick my mate Sinks, can I? Really, I got to go yeah. with Carl Sinclair. You know what I mean? I play with him most weeks, so um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with those three to start with. Okay, hundred percent. There's was... not, there's nothing too out there, really, is there? Do you know no, what I, mean? well, I was going to. That seemed quite straightforward, but yeah, but I think you can't, thing. you can't really argue with them, though. I don't think. Weren't tempted to stick yourself in there. Wow, Joe, I haven't, I haven't been knocking on that England door. I could do. Do you know what I mean? Can you beat yourself? Maybe. Yeah. Why not me? Yeah, exactly. Instead of Genge, back yourself. <laughs> Say that to his face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> great. Uh, ben? Uh, yeah, I've seen on the Bristol Bears Twitter page that you're a big fan of starting the club's victory, st- victory song. Um, can you tell us about that? Oh, me? I, no, I, I, can't, I can't say I'm usually the one to start it. Joe Joyce is You're always the getting involved, though. You're, you're... I'm, always, I'm always in the mix, yeah. Well, it's because the way that, that camera pans around usually starts my end of the changing room. And, <laughs> and obviously, when, you, when you're winning, it's all, it's all class. And I do like to get involved. 
and Joyce is one of me one of my best mates here, so I, put, I like to make sure he's got the back end. Do you know what I mean? He hasn't got a great voice either, so we don't want to hear him too much. You see, so the earlier I get involved and the more noise I make, drowns him out a little bit. Is it is it the Wurzels that you sing as well? Yeah, yeah, Blackbird, yeah. Yeah, I know it very well. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. In all fairness, as well, there's a lot of lads, a lot of lads at this club that have been here a good few years, have sung that a few times, and still don't know the words. You, if you watch them videos back, you see a lot of lads like this. Like, yeah, I. You also can't hear. Some people are just going. Ah, 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 yeah, yeah. The, the words just get muffled. So I don't. I didn't know what I was <laughs> listening to. To be fair, is that tactical placement in the change room then on your part, or, so that you're the first guy in shot? Nah, nah. We, I, that's that tends to be how we sit in the change room. Okay. My, the only tactical thing I'm doing when the camera's out is putting my shirt on. I was, well, I was just about to say, I noticed there, there was a 50-50 divide between rig out and rig in. Yeah, there's, again, <laughs> funny to mention it, my mate Dave Atwood again. He, uh, <laughs> he tends to be one of the first ones with his shirt off or down into his buddies. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I, I didn't notice any buddies, the clip that I watched of it. Okay. But it, it's always the same 50-50 split, I would presume. You yeah, know, they- yeah, yeah. Harry Thacker... Dave Atwoods, probably Max Heath. Yeah, anyone who prides, prides themselves on that. Oh, yeah, in all fairness, if I look like Max Heath, I probably wouldn't be wearing a shirt most of the time. He's the leanest prop I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I Just a ge- gen- genetic freak, yeah. Yeah, he was definitely, definitely gifted when, uh, in the genetic. Oh, oh, it's mad. He's a cube. Ben, have you got one more question on Bristol before we move on to... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah just speaking of Heath, he's obviously... Not, not just about his physique, but he's a bit of a unique character. I'm sure we all watched that bizarre pre-match interview with that Wasps game. Um, yeah. Is that what he's like the majority of the time? Is it just when the cameras are on? No, 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 no. He's a weirdo. <laughs> in, 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 the, in the best way possible. Yeah, he's um, he's an odd boy. He's an odd character, but a lovely bloke. Yeah, so he's not he's not too dissimilar to what you see out there. Um, I don't sit too far away from him in the changing rooms and some of the conversations you hear. He's, all, he's into the weird and wonderful and the, and the wacky and uh, many conspiracy theories and, and things like that. So if you ever bump into him and yeah, get, get a good 10-minute uh, conversation with him, yeah, I'm sure you'll find out a few, a few wonderful things. There's, there's, a, there's a way about props, isn't there? What do you think it is? Do you think it's just a few too many bumps to the heads from a young age? Yeah, I think it's probably, yeah, I think it's probably that. Most lads probably grew up fat as well, so I had to develop some sort of personality. <laughs> so, um, you know, they've, uh, they've, had to, they've had to perfect the chat. Yeah. I could say as a, as a journalist that the chat does, from prop to 15, it does always worsen, I find, from, <laughs> from front to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine a lot, a lot of the guys in there. In the backfield, just used to a bit of smoky, smoky looking around. Never really had yeah. to, uh, had to put out the patter. You see, so you're just saying that the best looking lads in the prem are just boring as hell. Oh, not 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 as a not as a standalone rule, but I'm probably there's a probably, correlation. I'm probably see some sort of correlation or pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I'm putting you on the record in saying that the next time we, the next time I look at Zoom and just shocked by how good looking the person is, I will look out for if they, if it's a yeah, good you're, episode you're going to just write a little note down, going dry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll put together some stats over the next two years. You can talk about it on Barrel. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah definitely. Good. Send them to me. Who's the best looking lad in Bristol camp? Then who you'd want to send on? There's a couple. There's a couple. Of, it depends what sort you're going to put your criteria in. You got some of you stereotypically, typically good looking lads. Henry Purdy's a good-looking chap. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. quite rugged. He's got just quite dark, handsome, decent rig on him. But then you've got you've got your uh, 
you've got your your Sam Jeffries, who's an absolute Adonis. <laughs> like they, you could, I can't pick a fault with him. And he's not even a boring bloke either. He's even not even got dry chat. Like he's a little bit quiet, but do you know what I mean? He's just he's yeah. got a full package. He's about eight foot, shredded, swimmers shoulders. Like he's just yeah. Good for the self-esteem yeah. when you come into camp, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, you don't like to be stood next to him. You? <laughs> no, there's the tactical placement in the changing room, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Move away, go stand next to another prop. <laughs> Let's move on to the championship. Redwood, you got some questions about uh, Jersey Reds. Yeah, kind of, how was the move to Jersey Reds and kind of, how was the championship in terms of kind of a learning process and obviously you played for Taunton as well, but how was that step up to the championship and then kind of, how was that then next step up from the championship to the premiership into like a, you know, full-time professional media, everything like that? Yeah, it was, um, it was a strange one. So my, obviously my journey was a bit weird. So I got picked, so I was at Taunton for a couple of years and then I got picked up by Exeter and I, I sort of trained full-time with them, still played, played at Taunton for most of my time there. So I sort of had this weird in-between of like, I was playing na- National 2, but was sort of training four days a week with, Premiership side on the up as well because that was sort of the start that started their journey when they were they were climbing the league. So I had this sort of experience like I got quite fit, got quite structured. Then National Two became quite not easy, but a lot I was a lot fitter than a lot of other people. Um, and then all of a sudden that, that dropped to the championship. I remember my first game and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like the, the, the physicality level there I thought was like huge, and it's that like a little bit slower, isn't it? So you know what I mean. It was just quite quite abrasive but when I made when I made that move officially it was like one of the best things for my game especially being a front row and I went to Jersey as well where we were quite we were well known for our forward pack do you know I mean? we did a lot of scrummaging we did a lot of mauling I think their games developed since then a little bit more um, but um, you know I learned a lot there and learned a lot about how to be that physical edge in 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 a in a pack and I got an opportunity to develop my like leadership skills a little bit more and stuff like that my first year, I didn't get much luck playing-wise. I didn't play until sort of the back end of the season. But then uh, then my second year there, I, I played most weeks and ended up sort of like captain in the side a few times, um, which was a which was a great experience. You know, I learned a lot in my in my time there, my journey there. Obviously, it's a little bit different just taking yourself off to a... You have to fly over there and you're sort of there on your own. Well, not on your own, but you don't, you don't go over there with friends and family or anything. So you just... You literally... It just in, indulged, engulfed with the with the rugby side of things, really. Mm. Um, but for me, that was it was a great opportunity for me to develop as a as a person, as a player, really. In terms of Jersey Reds, did that ever feel like the end game to you? As in, did you think, okay, was the goal always back to the Prem, or did you fly over to Jersey and think, okay, I'll spend the next ten years here, and that would do me yeah. well? No, my my aim was always so I sort of took took the leap to Jersey and the championship with the whole whole idea of I'm going to get myself, what well, my aim is to get myself back to the premiership. I had a two-year contract and I was just like, look, if I don't find myself back in the premiership, like if I'm not signing for a premiership side at the end of my second year, I'm packing it in, I'm going to go back to work. So for me, like, my experience is slightly different. I, I started sort of professional rugby at like 24. Yeah. So like, I'd already had work experience. I'd like, had like three or four jobs. You know, I was like, already had like a career direction that I was looking at going in. So I was like, well, I'll just go back to that. Like for me, it was like, I was a little bit older. Do you know what I mean? I was hitting like 26, 27. And I was like, look, ooh, like really, if I don't start making the jump now, I'm probably not going to get plucked out of somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I'm pretty, pretty self-aware. I'm not, I'm not your star man in a squad. 
most of the time. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, if it don't work, it don't work. Do you know what I mean? But it was it was my opportunity to take a take a stab at it. And even really, like in all fairness, even after my first year in Jersey, where I didn't play that much, I had a couple of conversations teeing up work for the year after because I was like, well, actually, maybe this isn't. You know, maybe this is my, like this is my limit. I'm not really gonna get myself much further. So I started um, looking at pulled a few favors and stuff. I did get and looking at getting back onto the path that I was already on, uh, but for some reason I just couldn't do it before the end of that second year. I was like, now nah, I've got one more year to have a shot at it. And then come halfway through that season, I'm signing a contract with the Bristol Bears. So yeah, it was a, a bit of a funny journey, but yeah, it was never it was never gonna be. And I've got nothing against that at all. Um, people playing God knows how many years in the championship. But for me, it was like, all right, well, I'm starting late. If I don't break through, then I'm like, it's not meant, it's not not meant to be. Um, I was I was happy to go back and be with my partner and get a job and 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 maybe go back to Taunton and play and enjoy enjoy what I was enjoying before. Yeah, here you are. And have did you notice a difference? Obviously, you went prem and you played. One a, a tenuous one cap for Exeter Chiefs. Oh, which was I, a, I'm embarrassed to call that a cap. I think yeah, I played three minutes in the LV Cup, and I think I made a mistake. Strong, good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, it's yeah. Look, the stats say I've got it, but in yeah, fair, I don't. It, there's no internet proof that you've got it. No video no, of you coming no, on giving well, away I'm for the glad, crowd. I'm glad because I would have been terrible as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it could be. Have you seen that All Black? I think his name's Luaki, who made his debut for the All Blacks off the bench or something, and just made a mistake with every single touch of the ball. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Luckily, I was only on for three minutes because I could. Yeah, so there's only there. so much damage you can do. But yeah. you went prem to championship, back to prem. Now you said, I think you said that the championship was a bit slower. You know, almost heavier. Did that yeah, mean, yeah. You, as a prop, you needed to rear yourself differently in terms of maybe you carry a bit of extra timber in the championship? To cope with the to sort of cope with the greater collisions, yeah. Well, for the prem, uh, yes and no. Yeah, I think because I was still pretty, I was still pretty green when it comes to physical conditioning of a rugby player. Obviously, I did my own gym stuff and that anyway. And then I'd only really had like a year and a bit of like full time training. So like even when I got to that the championship, but yeah, it, it, I was still sort of growing and understanding. So I probably just naturally conditioned myself for what we were doing, do you know what I mean? And I had I had bouts of where I was probably shot up about five kegs and was too heavy. And then I had bouts where I'd like drop myself down another like six or seven, just to, you know, I was still sort of learning up myself anyway. But I, yeah, the game we played, I, I benefited from being not too heavy, but a tad heavier. And not all champ, not all championship championship sides would probably be like that. Do you know what I mean? You got some teams that like to throw the ball about a bit more. But in the side I was in at that time, yeah. we we got a lot of work through the forward pack. Um, so you know, I uh, I still pride myself on still being reasonably fit. I like to, I, you know, what I mean, I wanted to be able to play eighty minutes if I needed to, like every week. Um, and I think I got myself to a point of being able to do that in the side that I was in. But yeah, just being that little bit heavier, I was probably about hitting probably about 120, 121 kilos then. Okay, not that um, now. Well, I'm not too dissimilar now. I'm probably just a slightly different shape. Well, I was saying they're quite assiduous with it at Bristol. You do the skin fold test thing. Oh, yeah we, do, yeah, we do them that too sounds, regularly for my liking. That but, sounds awful. Well, yeah, we've had a new nutritionist in as well. He started getting us on the DEXA scans as well, so there's literally no hiding place. God, no, thank you. <laughs> right, Jay Cock, have you got one more question about the championship? 
Yeah, and no, after winning the title, Elin were, of course, um, denied promotion to the Premiership. As a former Championship player, you must have really felt for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that, that's going. You know, I know a few guys. I know a few guys down there, and that that you know would love the opportunity to come come up with Elin. Um, obviously, again, it's one of them things that's a bit above my pay grade. Do you know what I mean? And I think I think the Championship's like a, a, a thriving league to play in, and I think boys should. Lads should be getting opportunity with with or without relegation. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, admittedly, yeah, it's tough, especially if they thought they were had the opportunity to be um, promoted. But again, that's all stuff that's a bit out of my remit. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, look, as long as there's people playing in a competitive league and again, opportunities to showcase what they can do and maybe then get opportunities to progress further, then then I'm 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 all I'm all for that. But yeah, it's a it's just a. I was yeah a little bit gutted for some of the guys that I knew down there, but again, I don't know what goes on in these boardroom meetings and these conversations that I had. So I mean, my focus is to try and get us to be out on the pitch. Redwood, before we move on to away from rugby, have you got one more question as well? Yeah, obviously with um, the reduction of salary cap, kind of, and we cover the championship every week and we pride ourselves on that. Kind of, do you think that that's where Premiership clubs are looking for talent now? Maybe over the next year or so. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think that's naturally going to force their hand, isn't it? I think I think some clubs were probably already doing that anyway. Do you know what I mean? I think some clubs make good use of them championship sides and and some of the talent that comes through there. And I think, but I think it's probably going to force more clubs to have a look that way, which I think is a good thing. Do you know what I mean? It gives a lot of opportunity to players. You know, I pride myself on I pride myself on not really coming through an academy setup and being someone that probably should never play professional rugby and found myself playing professional rugby. Um, and I think I've had many conversations with people, especially being in the setup that we're up, you get a lot of parents come up to you that, oh yeah, my kid's in the academy. He's been let go of this and that. And I'm like, well, how old is he? He's always 15. I was like, well, I mean, it's absolutely nothing. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a lot of talent that can come through, work your way through and work up. And I think these clubs, these premiership clubs can really um, make the most of that now. Obviously, they're always going to be probably paid a little bit less than a lot of the rock stars out there um, to start with, but it gives a lot of guys, a lot of people opportunity to to make their if they play well to like find their way in a team. Like Rich Lane's one of them at the minute. I played with him at Jersey a few years back. He's been knocking about in the championship then for Bedford and stuff for the last what three four years, and he come up here on a trial and stuff like that, and then he ended up within a couple of weeks playing for us, putting himself forward. And I think he's just extended a contract. So it's fantastic. It's a fantastic opportunity for, for guys that may not have had the opportunity before. Yeah, 100%. Okay, let's move on to a little bit outside of rugby. Where, well, the gin is kind of associated with rugby by name, but you know, you've got plenty of stuff going on. So you've started a gin brand called yes. 15, Gin 15, 15 Gin? Well, we go, we go by XV. Uh, really xb yeah yeah rather than 15 okay that's con- that's controversial but okay oh really really yeah. you, are you against that are you no I'm not. i never said that controversial is a good thing sometimes yeah well obviously we wanted to tip our hat to the rugby but without being solely yeah. rugby so we um yeah we, we've got a little bit more xb Okay, so I've got 15 quick fire questions for you in a little bit. Does that mean I should call them your random rugby XV instead of random? Yeah, rugby I reckon. XV? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. yeah, you maybe should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, just, for, just for you, we'll do that. I'm not. We sure need it. We need everything on brand, don't we? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, bit, bit of marketing. Okay, why not? And it's called XV. Yeah. Um, because you got 15 ingredients. Is that right? Yeah, we uh we have 15 botanicals. Yes. <laughs> 
Can you name all 15? Oh, see, I should have I should have been ready for this, really. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right, what have we got? My pronunciation might be a bit wrong. All right, so we have Juniper, obviously. To be a gin, you need to be very juniper, juniper forward to even be classed as a gin, obviously. <laughs> uh, then we've got, is it Cubet? Angelica Root, Star Anise, Cinnamon, Licorice, Fresh, Grapefruit, Rosemary. We have, uh, I'm going to say Lemon. I'm trying to get the list up, but I should have been prepared for this. Do you want me, do you want me to get the list up? Do you, uh, no, that's cheating, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I'm going to say Lemon. It's on your Twitter, isn't it? Somewhere. Yeah. The 15 uh, do, not, do you not follow at XV Gins? I don't. No, I thought it was at 15 Gins. I, I, I did a typo. Oh, uh, no. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. I, so can't, I can't remember what I've said. Juniper berries, Cubeb, Star Anise, um, Grains of Paradise, um, what was there? Cinnamon, fresh grapefruit, rosemary. I'm missing one that I said a minute ago. Uh, cinnamon is not in there. You might be thinking of cardamom. Cardamom, that's it. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking of. Apologies. Um, <laughs> I've said star anise. Angelica Root? Uh, yeah. I think... Yeah. I can't, I've lost track a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. Lemon. <laughs> lemon. Yeah, fresh lemon zest if you're being picky, yeah. but I'll oh, give yeah, it to fresh you. Fresh lemon zest. Is there... A, do I have... Is there... I feel like there might be another citrus fruit in there. I've gone grapefruit and lemon, but I can't remember what the other one is. Is that right? Not that I can see, unless I don't um, know my... Uh, so there's there's another fresh something. There's fresh grapefruit zest. There's fresh lemon zest, and then there's fresh something. I'm not I don't know. Get it. I don't know when this takes a turn into poor listening, and we should. Yeah, I on. think we're going to need to move on. Do you want to just give me? Do you want to just give me? The yeah, last go five? on. So I, you you were a bit all over the place, but coriander seeds. Yeah. Did you say cubebs? Cubebs. Yeah, I, think I said, you said that. Yeah. Licorice root. Yeah, I said licorice. Oh, sorry. Fresh rosemary. You definitely didn't say. I said root. rosemary. Damn it. Root, got, gi- root, you said root ginger. Ginger, root ginger. And no, I didn't say that one, but that's the one I was missing as well. Yeah. Cassia bark, whatever the yeah, hell that is. Uh, yeah. In all fairness, I couldn't, I couldn't point that. I couldn't pick that out. No, I don't know you what that is. It, unfortunately. No. And yeah. al- almonds. Almonds, yes. Uh, those are the ones. Uh, there may have been one or two others, but I'm not going yeah, so to we've got, we've got, we've got, we've got 15 botanicals, obviously. Yeah. And um, yeah, and we like to pride ourselves on the quite complex flavour that we have. Yeah, yeah well, um, no kidding. Fifteen is a lot. Yeah, well, you say that. There's some out there that got like thirty-five in. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh god, I don't but, know enough about gin. The you know these things sometimes it's just they put something next to the bottle and say it was used as botanical. Yeah. You know, where we sort of we we did a lot of tasting, a lot of stuff to to sort of fine tune what we like, what we, uh, what we liked. We work with a local distillery, obviously, because at the moment we don't have the time to distill it fully ourselves. So we work with a local distillery, built a recipe with them um, and they sort of distill it on our behalf at the minute. But um, yeah, we're quite proud of what we've got. Yeah. We've got a couple of, couple of new flavours out as well, lads, coming out. So you're not gin drinkers yourselves, no? <laughs> I, I, I dabble, but I'm not, I'm no expert. No, you're sort of a Gordon's man. Yeah. Bombay. Yeah. Bombay is my go-to. You might have to get yourself you might have to get yourself a little bottle of the XV. Where so, do we get one? Is it online? Yeah, so we're online at the minute. Yeah. Uh, XVGins.co.uk. Okay. Yeah. That's the benefit of XV as well, as it spells it out nicely. There's no 
it would be a bit of a marketing misstep if you're verbally saying to listeners at home 15 gins they'd be looking forever yeah exactly okay exactly. I'm, I'm starting to see the lack yeah, yeah. of controversy to xv i'm being one, even, one over you, to it have you even seen a bottle yeah i've seen the bottle yeah it, it's it's quite good looking it is have you seen the new one we've got nice some worker dry gin coffee infused oh okay something, something very good and it's a very sexy bottle as well <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't i haven't seen the bottle i think that's that. a very important part of a gin bottle isn't it it's got to look good it's got to look yeah, good yeah. And that's something we pride ourselves on as well. If you want, lads, lads, I'll give you, if you want a rugby paper exclusive discount, I can sort you out one. All right. But you, that would be very kind of you, mate. Yeah, well, how much do you want off? 15%? Uh, I mean, a free bottle would be nice. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. We'll see how the, edit, the editing of this goes down. <laughs> okay, I'll send you the link to the pod. And depending on how happy you are with it, out of 15, you can give us yeah. a discount. Yeah. And uh, it was you and a mate of yours, Sam yep. Bedlow. Sam Bedlow, yeah. Whose my, idea my, was it? Well, it was actually, it's tough to actually pin down whose idea it exactly was. It was just a bit of just sort of crap chat from us, really, just milling about thinking. Sam, me and Sam, very sort of always looking for a little project to be involved in, um, reasonably entrepreneurial. Um, he's uh, he's always having a dabble at some different things. And we were just chatting about stuff that we, obviously every rugby player likes to drink. And it was just something we thought, actually, do you want know to be quite cool to do something where we have an end product? Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you could do things you don't really see much of it. You know, and then we were like, be something we could like build something from scratch, have an end product and sort of, sort of get it out there. And, um, and then we were just sort of having a bit of a dabble and looked at a few different options. And we thought, why do we not give gin a go? Because it's something you could play around with. There's lots, you could do lots of weird and wonderful things with it. Well, nowadays you can get all, all sorts of flavoured gins and this and that, and we thought, let's give it a go. And that's when we started doing a bit of a dig around. So this was sort of back end of COVID when we had a little bit little bit of time knocking about and we were filling it with a with a drink and a bit of chat and we just thought, let's give it a go. It's, it's seriously awesome. I'm on the website now. I've, is it the worker dry gin? Is that the coffee one? Yes. But I can see the face you put in there. A lot of people, a lot of people are unsure it? about it, but... I'm telling you now. No, I tell you what, that's a person. It's because I hate coffee. That's 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 a oh, person. Well, I'm, pitch, I'm pitching to the wrong person here, then. You don't yeah, you are. Okay, I'm, a big, I'm a massive coffee guy, so... There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take the standard dry gin off your hands, Jake, but oh, the coffee we'll, might well, be... We'll do, we'll do a rugby, rugby paper 15. You get that in on the website, you'll be able to get yourself a discount. Awesome. Uh, does that apply to a listener at home as well? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Wow. Okay, and is that rugby paper XV or rugby paper 15? Oh, we've got rugby paper XV. Okay, just checking. I can't think about it now. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Um, great. Awesome. Well, I don't want any frustrated listeners sat by their computer fuming at Jake Walmore for giving them a phony discount code. No, no, no. Okay, that, that sounds like a good deal to me. And last thing in terms of your extracurricular projects or entrepreneurial projects, but you're a barber. Yes. Do you cut your own hair? Well, well, look at the state of it now. Yeah, yes, I have been. Um, I got sort of bullied into shaving my head a few weeks ago by the rest of the team. So we are. So at the minute, I'm just trimming up the sides myself. But but when I, you know, when I want it looking good, I haven't quite got the shoulder flexibility or mobility to be shaving <laughs> and cutting the tops of my head at the minute. Unfortunately, rugby's knocked it out of them to do my own hair. But I do a lot of the lads. At one point, I was very, very busy. At the minute, I've been focusing a little bit more on the rugby, but I'm doing bits and pieces, yeah. Do the lads pay you, or do you do it free? Well, they they make a donation towards the equipment. Okay. 
So obviously I can grow a little bit, get a few new bits of equipment, bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we, uh, cause you know, some of these guys are quite picky. Do you know what I mean? Very picky about their hair. And they're like, well, can you do this? I need this. I need the foil shavers. I need this. And I was like, all right, well, so then I'll go out and get, get a little something for the lads. Who's the most picky about their hair in Bristol camp? Oh, I cut, I cut his hair once and only once because he, and not because he chose not to come back, but because I refused to cut his hair again, was Andy Uren. Obviously, he's had a few. This was before he had the the new ones put in, but he uh, he was like cutting a toddler's hair. It was a, it was in a way it was an away game in the hotel room, and he. Uh, he was like, he was desperate for a haircut. He's like, we cut my hair. I was like, yeah, fine. And all he did, like, I mean, any snip taken out, he was like there back in the mirror, fluffing it up, doing <laughs> that. And I was like, Joe, you know what? I'd, I'd like, I always sort of said I wouldn't do kids' hair because of the aggro, but I'll never do Andy Oren's hair again. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, his hair's not, it's nothing to be particularly pernickety about as well. You would think it's just, a, it's just a bit of hair on his head. It's not like Cristiano Ronaldo. It's so sculpted. To, yeah, yeah, I know. To tell the millimeter. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I, I was going to suggest you should get your teammates to pay you in try assists. Well, I think I think that's what I'm going to have to start doing, or offering bottles of gin for a try assist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to have to start bartering it up. Yeah, that's your way um, to get out of, off the duck. Yeah, but I don't know. Could I just go down as a guy, the guy that played so many games and never scored? It's, it's kind of the record you don't I think want. so I think it's a good reputation to have it shows that you're a team player more than anything doesn't it oh yeah do you know I mean? lads I'm not I'm not precious do you know what I mean I'm not there <laughs> yeah. I don't need that glory I'm happy just to be involved sometimes they always re- they always remember the player with that record to be fair yeah and to be fair if you play say you play another 100 you would 200 caps without a try I don't think anyone would touch that no so you <laughs> you'd almost be disappointed when you start when you finally score the try yeah, be a bit like, oh. slam the ball down on the ground and look absolutely furious. <laughs> yeah, guys actually just li- literally put me in open space. <laughs> just just uh. drop the ball over the try line. <laughs> <laughs> Semi-final of the Gallagher Premiership to win the game and you drop the ball over the try line to, oh, to preserve that record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, you'd be going down as a legend then, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. That certainly would be on YouTube. Um, right, Jake, let's move on to your random rugby 15. Um, okay. 15 questions, fairly quick fire, ideally, um, just for the sake of time. But yeah, say as much or as little as you like. And when you're ready, we'll get going. All right, well, I'm, I'm ready whenever you are. Cool. Nickname? Woolly. Best rugby memory? La Rochelle Way Challenge Cup in my first year. We sent out a bit of a bomb squad. We're never meant to win. They were unbeaten at home in like two years or something. We went away, got the win. It was a f- packed out stadium. Oh, it was mental. The noise from the fans. And then to, to, to steal the dub there was class. Yeah, awesome. Most embarrassing rugby memory? Um, I once slightly saw myself making a tackle. <laughs> nice pre-game tune. <laughs> um, Chris Stapleton, um, parachute. Post-game meal? Post-game meal, pizza. Best player you've played against? I hate to say it, but probably Ben Al. Ben Al, because I played with him and I played against him. He's just a nightmare. Best player you've played with? Again, don't really want to admit it, but probably John Afoa. Okay. Why don't you want to admit that? Well, I don't want it to get to his head. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Favourite player right now? 
Favourite player right now? Or Joe Joyce, because I just think he's an absolute hero. Play with him, his story, everything about him, legend. Awesome. Rugby idol? That's a tough one. Never really had one. All right. Any idol? Any idol. The Undertaker, WWE, grew up, absolutely (laughs) loved him. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Favourite, what was your favourite Undertaker gimmick then? Uh, I liked it when he came in as the American badass on the on the yeah. bike. He used to drive around the ring. Oh, he literally was like a god to me at that point in my life. <laughs> I, mean, I was probably about, what, nine? But, yeah, yeah, well, there's a career for you after rugby. I reckon you'd have the promo skills, to be fair. Yeah, I think, yeah. I probably need to get myself into slightly better shape. I don't know. Well, some of, or I go like, the other way and I put on another like 20 Yeah, exactly. Like Rafiki, was that his name? Rishiki? Rikishi, yeah. Rikishi. Rikishi. The, uh, the, from the Lion King. The Lion King, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Favourite stadium? Oh, do you know what? We don't play there regularly, but playing at Tottenham Hotspurs ground a few weeks back Okay. was actually class. Nice. But obviously Ashton Gate, Friday night Ashton Gate, with our fans sell out, especially against like Bath or something, you can't beat it. Favorite gym exercise? Squat, because it's about all I can do nowadays. Because of mobility or upper body? Oh movement? yeah. And it's the one, the one thing that I know if I can get that done in the week. If you're a bit banged up, you know, you can get your squat done in a week, you've ticked off enough. Yeah. Okay. Occupation if rugby didn't exist. Oh, well, if rugby didn't exist, if I didn't find my way into rugby, I'd still be a carer. Yeah. So yeah, probably that. Superstitions? Not an awful lot. I wear the same brand of game day um, sort of like boxers. Okay. I did have only one pair and then obviously they took an absolute hammer in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've had to stock up on a few of the same thing. What brand is that? A brand called Spider. You ever heard of them? No. You get them in like TK Maxx. They're hey, like... They're ski brands. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like slightly light curry boxes. I don't like, you know, some guys wear these things down to their knees and that. I don't like that, but I like a little bit of, a little bit of stretch and a little bit of compactness as well. So yeah, yeah. I've got them. And do you know how I got into them? My mum bought me a, a pack like for Christmas once, really randomly. You know, and she's like gone to TK Maxx or something, picked these sports, sports pants up. It's gone, he, he plays rugby, giving them to me. And then since then, Stand by them, number one. Yeah, excellent. And useful when you saw yourself making a tackle, I suppose. Well, yeah. Well, I did hit Will Skelton. He's a big lad. That's <laughs> so I think most people would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was only lightly, lads, but it's probably the most embarrassing thing that's happened. Yeah, I mean, if you hadn't just said it on, on air, no one would know about it. I would well, think. do you know what I mean? That's what we're here. I mean, I'm down, getting down to the nitty-gritty. <laughs> yeah, that's as nitty-gritty as it gets. Rugby, Roy, you would change. Or like you can't kick the ball more than three times off in the bounce. So like you can't get into these kick tennis. Okay. Oh God, you try chasing them in the middle of the field, lads. Yeah, not much fun. Yeah, get four, five, six of them deep. Oh. Best thing about working in rugby. Final question. Uh, I get to do what I love every day. Great answer. Good. Thanks for doing that, Jake. That was a bit all over the shop, but very enjoyable. Well, yeah. Well, I was right. I don't think it was necessarily quick, was it? But no. Well, I tell you what, we've had a lot slower. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah, generally the older you get, the slower you get in terms of the length of your answers. Um, yeah, so, because you've got, you got so much background with all your stories, I see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, that wasn't, that, was, that wasn't too bad at all. Now, a little bit more of a serious topic. This week is Mental Health Awareness Week. Yep. You're a mental health first aider. Yes. What does that actually mean? Well, it doesn't mean anything too 
fantastic. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going to swoop in and start saving people necessarily, but it was something that um, a few of us got the opportunity to do. And, and it's a, it's a course over a couple of days and it really just highlights some simple skills and, like just opens up your eyes to a little bit of awareness around some traits and some things around mental health and, and things like that. So like you, you might be able to spot things that before you may not have, do you know what I mean? Some behavioral traits and things like that. To, and it's not necessarily someone who's deep in a hole at bottom, end, like bottom end of the spectrum or anything like that with that sort of thing. It could just be yeah. learn. We learn a few things about identifying if someone's like, just a little bit off or, you know, I mean, these are, these are things that sometimes we, especially in the environment we're in, remember we're in a very masculine testosterone filled environment where we're always looking for the 1%. We're looking to push. We're looking, um, there's a lot of um, banter and a lot of like chat thrown around. And sometimes you being able to identify, oh, maybe it's not the day to fly into them or little things like that that and it may not be rugby orientated it could be anything you know these are skills that anyone could use in any work setting I assume you boys are probably very similar with that sort of stuff just having a chat briefly with you and that and seeing the way you interact it could be you know days and you could just like someone bites your head off and you're not really sure why and instead of going well he's a bit of a tit actually understanding a little bit of maybe why he's done that that day or something like that and even just the small skills around being able to suitably approach someone do you know what I mean? Because again, if you are having a bad day, so you know, if someone is, I'm one of them, do you know what I mean? We all have them. You're having a bad day or something, someone comes up, you go, everything all right? You put it, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. And then if that finishes there, do you know what I mean? So it's just how you open that up a little bit and how you open these these ways, um, these avenues to start conversations or even someone might not want to talk about it, but being able to identify something and then even just talk to them about something else. They might just want a normal conversation that day. Do you know what I mean? Like, and being able to just do things like that. So um, for me, it was really worthwhile. And the instructor we had that day was very, very good. Um, very personable. And some some topics are quite deep. Obviously, when you start talking about some quite severe mental health issues, can get quite, quite tough and quite deep. But um, I think they're skills that everyone can probably make the most of. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah, it can be quite daunting and awkward, like the thought of starting those conversations. Have you had any sort of tips on how, how to start them with people? Well, yeah, I think, again, you're not looking at anything brand new that's going to open your eyes to anything that's like going to change change the way you do these things. But they're, they're just, just simple things around how you approach people, how you, um, simple things are just like, right, rather than just like, because no one goes up and goes, are you okay today? And then they go, yeah. And you go, are you sure? No one, we don't conversate like that. But being able to see, maybe see if someone's off and actually just pulling them aside every now and then, it doesn't have to be dragging them off to the corner of the room. It could just be a quiet moment, just sort of saying, how's things? You can open a conversation like, oh, what'd you get up to last night? Do you know what I mean? It's like actually slightly indirectly making your way to these conversations where actually, you know, someone, someone could just go, actually, yeah, like, pretty crap night last night. Oh yeah, all right. And that, or just like for things that I even do now, like you can see when boys are, some boys like we, you know, again, especially in what we do, we get down to the nitty gritty of one percenters of things. And sometimes like all rugby players do it, 
you've had a bad game, you're going to have a bad Monday morning reviewing it. Do you know what I mean? You know your name's going to come up on the on the video clips a few times and that. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's not personal, but sometimes it, you can feel personal. Your name's come up six or seven times, you're like, uh, you beat yourself up about it because no one wants to play badly, no one wants to do that. And sometimes it's just actually going, oh, all right, like directing people into either away from that topic a little bit because sometimes you then have got a gym in the afternoon and someone's beating themselves up all day about the, mon- the morning review. We're actually having conversations just to pull them away from that sometimes. Or if you think something might be going on outside of the rugby, you know, sometimes just offering someone, oh, everything all right? Like, even if they say, yeah, oh, well, if you ever want to grab a coffee. So, I mean, sometimes it's nice just to know that someone's there. You're not completely in a hole on your own dealing with things. And things like that. and then it puts the ball in their court if they want to if they want to talk if they don't do you know what I mean so I think it's just things like that make again they're not it's not rocket science do you know what I mean and you don't have to be doing anything out of the ordinary to be helpful and and support someone but these little things it'd be just sometimes just being able to spot things or spotting again if you're go you've got mates or you've got teammates and you know what their character's like you'll pick up easy enough if they're slightly off do you know what I mean and I think sometimes it's having the courage just to then go, because some people don't want to talk about that. All right, well, like, how's the missus? Do you know what I mean? How's this? Or, you know what I mean? It's tough to, like, want to dig, dig into those sorts of things. Um, but I think sometimes it's having the courage just to say, and also having the courage to be rejected. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes they're not going to want to talk about it. And some people are like, don't really like like that. Going, everything all right? Do you go for it? No, I don't. Well, there we go then. At least like, you've, you've opened the door. And sometimes actually just being asked is what can help people. Do you know what I mean? Actually understanding they might come to you Three, four days later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's a topic I'm really passionate about. I've struggled with my mental health uh, on and off since I got to university, really. And what I've found is generally it's regarded as too binary a thing, as in yeah. either you have depression or you don't. And in actual fact, I don't think that's the case. It's a case of, you know, little fluctuations here and there. But that means that little daily things, you know, making today 1% more of a win than yesterday was actually, you know, helps more than just saying, okay, I've got to be happy. I've got to be, you know, sorting X, Y, and Z out. So throughout your qualification, throughout your time with Bristol, in terms of those little daily things, is there anything that you've learned specifically that, you know, say someone's listening and they identify with anxious thoughts or feeling a bit lost or, you know, anything that can come come with that, any advice for like the little building blocks, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So for me, so like in my four years here, I've had ups and downs. I remember like, I'm someone as well, I beat myself up quite a lot. So like a bad review, I'll wear that. I'll like, I'll know Saturday I've had a bad game and I'll wear that. Probably not the nicest bloke to be around Sunday because all I'll be doing is anxious about it. Monday I'll come in, know what's coming. Do you know what I mean? Hit, hit the review and I'll wear it because I'll be like, well, I'm better than this. Do you know what I mean? And I'll like try, you know, I really can sometimes spiral away a little bit with it as well. So, you know, I've had my ups and downs here. Um, where it's, it like ended up affecting my performance. I had a big, I had a big block like about a year and a half ago where I, I was like thought I was the worst rugby player in the world because I was just like God, this is. And then it, it, nothing became fun for me. Even just coming in was like tough because I just didn't want to do anything and then build more of like, well, that, I've just done it wrong again and things like that. Like, and it's so easy to spiral like that. Like, and I think for me, like the biggest thing, and I've spoke to a couple of younger lads actually that are sort of coming in new into this this process of obviously being taking on the criticism and how you bounce back from it and stuff like that. And I think for me, it's just like breaking things down. Cause I think sometimes as well, like again, for day to day people, you can put so much on yourself 
you know I mean? Even like day-to-day life, I, I put it in rugby context, but day-to-day life, all of a sudden you got, you're worrying about work, getting home, walking the dog, having time to do the dishes, cook dinner. Do you know what I mean? These are all just like, they seem like things, things everyone does, but can all of a sudden become like a huge, or oh, I just got something yeah, else to yeah. do, I got something else to do. And then feeling these sort of pressures and stuff. And then with work and family and friends and all that sort of stuff, it can become a lot. So for me, I like, I like, I really like to just try and, like I do like a, like a, like a factory reset. <laughs> like I like, all right, well, what's important? What do I need to deal with? And not trying to tackle everything all at once or like, do you know what I mean? I've got a big list of things to do or I've got these stresses or these things I, that need to be done. I don't need to do them all tomorrow, but actually what can I get done tomorrow? And like split things up, like plan the week or even just plan the day. Do you know what I mean? It could be like, all right, well, tomorrow I could get, I've got a list of things. Let's just tick off. That one, and if I have time, I might pick tick off the second. If not, I'll definitely get that done the day after. Do you know what I mean? And I think breaking things down a little bit like that can sometimes help. It just helps like get a bit of clarity and a bit like just clear your mind a little bit. So there's something I use. I, I used quite a bit, and I've told other guys in this that I've spoke to about like how maybe you know for our management of like what we need to get through within a rugby environment, but I think it can be transferred because for us, like if you're having a bad couple of weeks, you feel like you need to improve everything, every part of your game every part of what you're doing. You know what I mean? You could be like, well, my body comp's not great. So I need to be dieting while I need to be working on my catch pass. I need to get fitter. I also, you know what I mean? And all this, and there was only so much time in a day because then you got, well, I'm not recovering right because I'm doing all this. So actually going, all right, well, what am I going to do this week? What's the controllables? And and giving yourself a block. So for me, like, I'm like, all right, well, I need to get better at passing up my right hand, for for example. You know, and then some going, all right, well, I'm, I've got a two-week block where that's going to be my the focus on my, the forefront of what I'm going to do. Then if I once I start doing that, I'll reassess and see if I need to carry on or do something else. And little things like that, just being able to break things down into manageable sizes and and, and deal with it that way, I, I feel for me, brings real, like, clarity and just like a little, just gets a little bit of weight off your shoulders. I've noticed this with feelings as well. I did a mindfulness course back at university when I was struggling. And one of the things they said to me was, instead of saying, I feel depressed, I feel anxious, you say, a part of me is depressed, a part of me is anxious. And you can sort of, you know, maybe feel in your body where that is. And actually, it just applies to this general sort of not policy, but approach that you can just break things down into smaller compartments rather than this big sort of yes. overwhelming yeah. swamping thing that you could get enveloped in. Yeah. Does that identify with you a little bit? Yes, yes, yes. I think that is because I think, you know, again, like even just the wording is like, you know, you know, like I feel depressed. It, it's all consuming, isn't it? It's like, well, I am depressed. You start labelling yourself. Well, I am anxious. You're just labelling your whole self with that sort of thing. Where being, yeah, as you said, like, well, a part of me is or at the moment, I feel like this, you know, is a little bit different, isn't it? It's like, all right, well, that can change. Or, you know what I mean? I can identify where it is or what's what's maybe causing it as well. So I think sometimes, you know, we can get a little bit overwhelmed and that, and then it's easy to say that's how you feel, but sometimes it's tough to do anything about it if you're not quite sure why, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think, some, yeah, like things like that, being able to identify and break things down really helps and in terms of rugby where do you think uh, we've you've already mentioned that rugby is the sort of macho sport where you know no weakness no vulnerability now that taboo is kind of being broken you know i'm sure it's broken far more behind closed doors in public outwardly less so uh we spoke 
a couple of times on this podcast about the likes of Joe Marler, who spoke about his own battles with anxiety and depression, yeah. and that being a bit of a groundbreaking genesis moment, or it felt yeah. like one, certainly in rugby, because it's the first time that a, an English player, certainly I don't know about overseas, has come out of that, you know, that status has come out and spoken about it. And we're like, okay, these big 120 kilo men, they have vulnerability, they, you know, they can speak about it. That's great. And it really is a step in the right direction. Do you think rugby is still behind the eight ball in terms of society, but in terms of other sports as well? Well, yes and no. I think I think in house, I think we are getting like a lot better at managing these sorts of things and being able to talk. and And I know I said earlier about being masculine, but like I haven't got a fear about talking to a teammate about how I'm feeling or about things like that. Do you know what I mean? So it's not. But I think as a whole, it's probably perceived a little bit more like that, isn't it? Where, and I think the more people that do come out and talk about it, do you know what I mean? The likes of Joe Marler and stuff like that, talking about, um, even Kyle, when he, he come out and said about, you know, with the, the whole Lions thing and stuff, do you know what I mean? Coming out and saying how... Yeah, yeah. Because it's easy, I think it's easy for people on the outside as well, just think that like, oh, well, like, you know, a player's playing bad or doing this, like, could like just drive more into it you know like criticism and stuff like that but then you understand actually these people like, they're humans as well they might have other stuff going on elsewhere that's leading to this and stuff like that so I think the more we talk about it it's better for the players better for everyone involved and it just adds a little bit more human character as well doesn't it to um, to the people that are within this sport to the fans helps you know the players a bit more yeah. as well and just you know feel at their level in a good way yeah. Joe Marler, especially, is one of the most, despite the fact that there is no one like Joe Marler, he's also one of the most identifiable men in rugby. Great, Jake, that was awesome. Good fun and really great to be able to speak about what is a very powerful topic in all domains, not least rugby, but elsewhere as well. So thank you for doing that. We'll wrap up there. Jake, it's a two rounds to go. Hopefully yep. finish off the season strongly, set the tone for next season. And I'm sure that in light of this podcast, the online purchases at XV Gym will come rolling in yes. fingers crossed discount code rugby paper xv yeah yeah i'll get that sorted once i'm off all right that's very kind of you and if you're listening at home and you fancy yourself some gin then go and do that as well ben ben thanks for joining me and jake Walmore signing off thank you very much get yourself a copy of the rugby paper in stores on sundays or through a digital subscription have it delivered straight to you Next week, a family affair, as we welcome on Leicester Tigers prop Joe Hayes, and he brings with him two ex-professional footballers, his dad, Darren Hayes, and his granddad, George Hayes.